Welcome to Eat the Scroll Podcast, where our host, Prophetess Bridget Barnes, will inspire, stir our hearts, and provoke us into cultivating a delight for the Word of God and prayer. Her hope is that the listener's mind will begin to perceive both God's Word and prayer as vital necessities for their lives and receive His healing holistically as they grow into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Join us now for today's episode. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the inherited right to boldly approach your throne. We thank you for the powerful prayers from Brother Danny this morning. We pray that you would strengthen him and fill him in every way. Father, we ask for your help. We pray that your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Have your way in Jesus' name. I would like to talk about uh, this morning uh, the wind of the Spirit the wind of the Spirit. The New Testament reveals four commands given to us as believers relating to the Holy Spirit. Two are positive and two are negative. Uh, The two positive commands, uh, first coming from Ephesians 5 and 18, tells us to be filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5 and 16 tells us to live by the Spirit. The two negative commands tell us from Ephesians 4 and 30, do not grieve the Spirit. And 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19 tells us, do not quench the Spirit. We want to make sure that we are never a part of the grieving or quenching of His Spirit. I believe our protection is to focus on the positive commands, to be filled with the Spirit, to pursue living by the Spirit and continue to submit ourselves to our leader, our teacher and guide, the Holy Spirit. This morning, I would like to begin by looking at the words of Jesus in John 3 and 8 that talks about the wind and work of the Spirit. This verse occurs during the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus when Jesus said, you must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus did not understand the concept. So Jesus explained in, explained in verse 6 that flesh produces flesh, speaking of human birth, but only God's spirit could give new birth in the realm of the spirit. Then Jesus added this word of explanation in verse 8. In John chapter 3, verse 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound but you cannot tell where where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. We pay special attention to two words in this verse, wind and spirit. Though they are two words in English and Greek, they come from the same word, pneuma. Depending on the context, pneuma can mean breathe or breath, wind or spirit. In this case, the same Greek word has two meanings in the same verse. 
Wind serves as a particularly good symbol of the Holy Spirit. As Jesus points out to Nicodemus, wind by its very nature is invisible and unpredictable. The wind that blows today from the north may blow from the south tomorrow or from the east or west or not at all. We feel its effect and hear it whistling through the leaves, but the wind itself is totally free from man's control. Wind exists everywhere on the earth. It is continually in motion, and it may be experienced in very degrees, from a slight breeze to a mighty rushing wind to the destructive force of a tornado. In a closed room, the air soon becomes stagnant, but when the window or the door is open, the incoming wind blows out the stifling air. And even on a hot summer's day, a cool breeze refreshes everyone in the room. Just as the wind is everywhere in the world, the work of Holy Spirit is universal, not limited to one country or one region, one race or one gender. Likened unto the unpredictability of the wind, no one can say for certain where the spirit will blow in great power today or tomorrow. As the wind is beyond man's control in the same way, no one can control the work of the spirit. As the wind blows from the heavens, so the Holy Spirit is sent from heaven. According to Dutch theologian Abraham Cooper, he says the Holy Spirit leaves no footprints. Like the wind, he is invisible, unpredictable, and uncontrollable. The Bible describes the suddenly of the Spirit when he descended on the day of Pentecost as a small band of united disciples prayed and waited on one accord in Jerusalem. According to Acts 2 and 1, four things happened in this order. The sound of a violent rushing wind filled the house. Tongues of fire rested upon them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other languages. Wind, fire, Holy Spirit, languages, and the message, the gospel endowed with the supernatural power of the rushing wind, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit was preached by Peter. And in one day, 3,000 were born again and the church was born in the earth. Note the sequence again. There was first prayer, wind, there was fire, Holy Spirit, the tongues, which was supernatural demonstration, communication, preaching came. It was a message that came with the power that brought forth conversion, brought forth change, brought forth transformation. Why does the wind come first? Because the Holy Spirit begins his work by blowing through every heart, always preparing the heart for further work to come. So it is with us even today. We need the wind of the Spirit to blow through, to blow upon our hearts again, replacing fear with faith, anger with forgiveness, doubt with hope, anger with love, judgment with grace, bitterness with trust, replacing pride with humility, envy with kindness, and cowardice with courage. Replacing impatience with perseverance, replacing harshness with compassion, and replacing selfishness 
with selflessness. I was inspired for this devotion by meditating on uh, the last few days, meditating upon what I feel is, was a simple or is a simple and powerful worship expression by Thomas William McDowell's recent CD called Sounds of Revival. And during that time, it stirred me and filled me every time I heard the repetitive cycle of declarations saying over and over, they earnestly cried, come like the rushing wind, come like never before, over and over again. Then he wholeheartedly made it personal and declared, and I will stay here until you change me. I need you. Don't want to go. That's the entire song over and over. Nothing deep, nothing eclectic, nothing mysterious, just the repetitive cry for the Holy Spirit to come and that we don't stop calling upon him until he comes so that we can be changed. We need the wind of God to blow through our midst today. We need his presence and all things concerning us. We can plan and organize and strategize and publicize in our hearts to our heart's content. We can meet and write papers all night and all day. We can discuss and ponder and consider all the alternatives. We may use all the wisdom we can muster, but unless we allow the, and yield to the perfect work of the Holy Spirit to change us on the inside, Nothing will change and our work will mean nothing for the sake of the kingdom. We need the Holy Spirit to come in a new way because there is always more of God for us to experience. In Ephesians 3 and 19, Paul prayed that his readers might be filled with all the fullness of God. This should be the whole goal of our lives as believers. The word for filled has the idea of being dominated by something. If we are filled with rage, then rage will dominate our lives. If we are filled with love, then love dominates our lives. If we are filled with joy, then joy dominates our lives. When we are filled with Holy Spirit, then Holy Spirit himself will dominate our lives. This picture of being filled with all the fullness of God is the total transformation of the human personality by virtue of the presence of God dominating every area of our lives. This is amazing thought to be filled with all the fullness of God, but that would means that we must constantly decrease so that he can increase and consume us. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to bring us continually into a deeper, more profound experience of who God is. He brings more of God to us as we bring more of us to him. So Lord, we pray knowing that it is impossible to contain all of you. Yet we pray that you would fill us up this morning with your spirit that we want no more. Second Corinthians 3 and 18 from the message Bible says, all of us, nothing between us and God, our faces shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become
like him. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the refreshing that comes from your spirit, from being in your presence. Hallelujah. Father, we need you. Without you, there is no us. We know we can do nothing apart from you, and we are powerless without Holy Spirit being with us, being in us, and working through us. And like Nicodemus, in order to see you in your kingdom, we have to be born of the Spirit. And Father God, we thank you for saving us and keeping us. We thank you for our born-again experience that makes us yours. Thank you for changing us from the inside out, from spirit to body, not body to spirit. We know that everything that we do will wither up without the Holy Spirit to bless our efforts, even in our pleadings, even in our supplications and intercession and prayers. Holy Spirit, we are here together and hungry for you to come like the rushing wind. We pray, Holy Spirit, to come and blow upon us like never before. This morning, as we cry out for change and intervention on behalf of the affairs of our generation and the generations to come, we first cry out, Lord, that you would change us. If we be changed, your people, your sons and daughters, only then we can change the affairs, attitudes, mindsets, cultures, and systems of our generation. Change your people, Lord, by your spirit. And use us like never before for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.